chapter 27, starting with verse 21. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he fell to me, said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love. We just ask you, God, to speak to us and through us. Father, open up our hearts and enlighten our souls, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach to you for a moment today on hands you can trust. Everybody say it with me. Hands you can trust. Isaac is struggling to understand whether or not he can trust the hands that he's touching. They feel like Esau's hands, but they end up being the hands, but it was the voice of Jacob. And so he can't see, he's lost his vision, and he's struggling to understand who this is. Can I trust you? Hands you can trust. How many of you have ever felt like you were deceived by someone? I knew a guy that got on, this has been years ago, uh, he was purchasing, there was a, a motorcycle that was on PayPal, and it was like a collector's edition or something, and he was purchasing it, and he sent several thousand dollars to this individual, and the individual just sent back a note and said, thanks, appreciate it. No motorcycle, no nothing. And he just lost all that money. And it was, and it was like, mm. he felt violated. You ever have someone scam you? someone take advantage of you, and it leaves you feeling like you've been violated, and it's like those, are, those aren't hands I can trust. I would be remiss today not to mention 9-11. Yesterday was 20 years of when we were hit by that attack on the Trade Center and lost thousands of lives. But I think we ought to thank God for our military. Amen. That... that, that answered the call our enemy intended for us to be fearful of his hands but instead we turned to hands that we could trust an entire nation was calling out to God and it wasn't politically incorrect and it's still not politically incorrect and let me just say this to the, because the people that have served are, are, are really wrestling right now about hands they can trust. They feel like they've been violated and they feel like all that they've done was in vain to cut and run and to leave Americans behind is not who we are. And let me say this, that is not who they are either. They need to be applauded. We need to thank God for them. So if you would just take a moment right now to stand to your feet and give them a, a round of applause. And God, we thank you for the men and women in uniform that fight on our behalf, that defend us, that paid the ultimate sacrifice so we could have a freedom here. Amen. Hands you can trust. I wonder how Isaac felt when he found out that his own son had deceived him. And if that wasn't enough, his wife was the one that masterminded the whole plot. 
You know, there had to be, I don't know what Isaac said to Rebecca when all that was said and done. It's not recorded, but I promise you there was an intense conversation somewhere about how could you do that. How, and it, it's just about, you know, I remember one time I had a wheelbarrow outside my uh, house next to my shed and somebody came and stole my wheelbarrow. I felt violated, man. I thought, really? Everybody in town knows me, or I felt like they knew me, and I thought, who, who would do that? Who, who would take that? And that wasn't enough. Then they got in my shed and took my chainsaw, took my uh, hedge trimmer, took my battery charger, and I was offended. I thought about putting an electric fence up and booby-trapping my yard and shooting them with about 50,000 watts of electricity you know, just to get their attention. Don't want to kill anybody. I just want them to be laying in my yard in the morning so I can find them. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You feel like you've been. And, and it's, uh, look, we, we wrestle with that as a people. We, we look for hands we can trust. Even, and you know, this was among their own, his, his own family. And how many reports have we heard about hands that you ought to have been able to trust that brought harm to you or, or abuse to you? And, and that's, that's not who God is, and that's not God's intent. Listen to this. This was powerful to me. Genesis 8, 6 to 9. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. Now listen carefully. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground, but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Now, here it is. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. Did you catch that? This is so powerful to me. Hands you can trust. He released, I want you to look at these birds as a type and shadow of people. A raven is released, and it just keeps going back and forth. It doesn't want to come back home, even though there's no place for it to rest a foot. Nothing to provide. It reminded me of the story of the prodigal son. Just let me out of Dodge. Let me out of here. I want to get as far away from this ark as I possibly can. And how many people do you know that spend their life running from God? Just to and fro, just going anywhere except to God. Running any place except to the one that could help them. When he turned the dove loose and the dove went out, the dove couldn't find land, couldn't find a place to rest her foot. And so she came back to the ark. Do you understand how contrary to nature it is for a bird, a wild bird, to fly into your hand? And that bird waited and Noah opened up those windows and that bird didn't hesitate. The scripture said that he reached out and he took her. Land took her in his hand to himself. Why? Because she knew those were hands she could trust. Hands that would not harm her. Hands that would protect her. Hands that would care for her. How many of you know that God's hands are like that? 
We had a parakeet when I was a kid, and this parakeet was in a cage, and it was, it was a, well, that parakeet had bite your finger, man. You stuck your finger in that cage. And I'll never forget that, that parakeet, all of a sudden, we, it, it got loose in the house. You know, we, dad sometimes would let the thing out and fly around the house. And was, I'm, I'm walking through the house, and that thing flew and landed on my head. <laughs> Just, you know, perched on top of my head. And I'm thinking, man, what's going on? But it, it got to where it trusted us. It became acquainted with us. Do you understand that that's what God wants with us is a relationship? He wants us to find a relationship so we will trust in his hands. We all need hands we can trust, don't we? There's a, I've, there was a movie called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in that they're searching for the chalice of Christ. It was the cup that he supposedly drank from, and in that cup there was life, extraordinary life. And so they're searching for it, and it, it got down to the last scene, and something played out in that last scene that I want you to take note of. If you would, go ahead and run that clip, please. Drank and poured it over the wound and it healed it up. How many of you know that Jesus said, I came that you could have life and have it more abundantly? But it's him that we ought to be seeking, not stuff. And so Elsa is reaching for the grail and Indy is calling for her to give him his hand. Think about it this way. She's reaching for stuff instead of a relationship. And it ended up killing her. Then Andy fell and his father grabbed him and he started to reach. He said, Dad, I, I can almost reach it. I can almost reach it. But when his father called him by name, all of a sudden everything stopped. It got silent. And Indiana turned around and his father looked at him and said, let it go. And he got his focus off of stuff, got it on his father, and found his rescue. Let me tie this up for you. In the Old Testament, there's a story about Abraham. Let me say there's history about Abraham and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. They have taken away, they've been in a battle, and his whole family was kidnapped. His nephew, Job, was kidnapped. Abraham went after him. He rescued them. When he's coming back, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah look at Abraham, and they make this statement to him. They say, you take the stuff and give us the people. In other words, think of it this way. You can have the stuff, just give me your relationships. Well, what's that mean? It's a type and shadow of Satan. What did Satan say to Jesus when he had him out in the wilderness? He showed him the kingdoms of the world, and he said, I'll give you my stuff if you'll give me your relationship. We need to get our eyes off of stuff and get our eyes on God because those are hands you can trust. Everybody say, I can trust his hands. When we learn how to trust his hands, it'll rescue us. Peter finds himself in a situation where all of a sudden there's a storm going on and he's in a ship. Jesus came walking to him on the water and Peter has an epiphany. 
all of a sudden he realizes, you know what? I'd rather be out in this water where Jesus is than in, in a boat where he's not. Let me say it to you again. When storms are coming up, you're better to be in the middle of the storm with Jesus than trying to make it safe to shore without him. And he said, Peter looked at him and he said, if that's you, then bid me come. Peter trusted him. And he stepped out of that boat and started walking on water. I've often thought, what would that feel like to walk on water? To be able to take one step after another knowing that you're defying gravity. <laughs> knowing that all of a sudden you're, you're doing the impossible, but what's making it possible is not yourself, but the one you trust in. And then when he got his focus off of Jesus and he started looking at the storm around him, what happened? He went down. Everybody say, get your focus right. See, sometimes we're focused on people instead of God. Sometimes we can get focused on the preacher instead of God. And then if the preacher falls, you fall right along with him. Sometimes you can focus on someone in your family other than God, and if they fall, you fall right along with them. But if you're focused on God, no matter what happens, you're going to come through it. And so Peter starts sinking, and all of a sudden he cried out and said, Lord, save me. And the Scripture said, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and rescued Peter. Everybody say, he reached for him. There's a story in Scripture there's a, a, about a leper. And when that leper comes, all of a sudden he cries out to Jesus and everybody else is running from the leper. He has to say, by law, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Have you ever had folks run from your problems? You ever go to someone to try and get some help and they just, man, I, you know, I'll pray for you. Leprosy. So I don't, you know. Nothing you've ever gone through or experienced would cause Jesus to turn from you. He turned toward the leper when his disciples are screaming get away and they're trying to protect Jesus I, I don't know that they're trying to protect him or if they're just running to save their own hide but Jesus doesn't run from him and the Bible said that Jesus looked at him the man said if you will you can make me whole how many of you have ever reached that point where all of a sudden you recognized and understood that God is the answer to what you need. And that when you understand that he's the answer to what you need, you won't seek other things. You'll keep your focus on him. But when Peter started to sink, when he cried out, Lord, save me, the Bible said that immediately he stretched out his hand and pulled him up. He does the same thing for the leper. He looked at the leper and he said, I will. I'll take care of what your problem is. I'll resolve the issue for you. And he reached out his hand and he touched him. 
How many of you know that there's power in his touch? Look at the book of Habakkuk. Chapter 3 and verse 4. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Everybody say, there's healing in his hand. When Indiana asked his father when he came out, and his father made the statement and said, Elsa didn't believe. She thought she'd won a prize. And he looked at his dad and he said, what did you find? And his dad said, what? Illumination. The word illumination, one of the definitions for the word illumination is the special communication of knowledge to the mind by God. All of a sudden, he understood, it's not the chalice I need, it's God I need. That's why he told Indiana, let it go. Sometimes we're chasing after things instead of him. And those things can even have to do with him, but they're not him. Sometimes we're chasing after ministry or we're chasing after a mate or we're chasing after a, a, a certain job. And all those things can become traps to us if they become more important to us than God is. But once we get our focus on God and we keep our focus on him, we find out and discover that there is awesome power in his hand. It's hidden in his hand. There's a man, you know, Jesus reached for Peter and the leper. But there's another man that he doesn't reach for. As a matter of fact, he makes this man reach for him. He goes into a synagogue on the Sabbath day. When he gets in there, there's a man that has a withered hand. And all the religious leaders are looking to see whether or not Jesus is going to heal him so they can find something to say about him god help us when we spend more time talking about each other than we do loving one another he looks at he he looks at those people and he begins to make a statement he's saying look man that which of you that if you had a sheep or lamb and it was it was in a ditch on the sabbath you'd go get it out how much more should this man be healed and he, he gets angry because he sees the hardness of their heart. But do you understand he does not allow what someone else is thinking to interfere with what he wants to do for you? Oh, you didn't hear what I said. He doesn't allow what someone else is thinking to interfere with what he wants to do for you. Do you understand? He wants to rescue you. He wants to set you free. He wants to give us what we don't have. And he looked at that man and he said, step forward. And the man stepped forward and then he says it. He looks at him and he said, stretch forth your hand. You realize how hard that is? Jesus asked him to expose what was wrong with him. He asked him to stretch forth what his embarrassment was, what his shame was, what he was trying to hide. How many of you have ever tried to hide something? 
You know what I'm talking about? Trying to hide it. And all the time we're trying to hide it because we're embarrassed or we're ashamed. And what God is saying is quit trying to hide this. Bring it to me so I can heal it for you. You don't have to live your life with this. You can be free from this. And when that man stretched forth his hand, all of a sudden he found out that there's awesome power, not just in his hand, but in his word. And in an instant, what was wrong with him was made right somebody say stretch it out man years ago I got stung by a wasp right there everybody say a big red hairy one you know the kind I'm talking about not one of them little wasps this one been taking steroids man that dude had hair all over it he popped me right above the eye now I know I should have taking care of it, but I was more interested in taking care of the wasp. And so I went and got me a can of wasp spray and started spraying that, and I should have taken Benadryl or something, but I didn't. I, I just kept working. Man, the next morning, I looked like the cowardly lion off of the Wizard of Oz. My whole head was poofed out. Whole, my, my, my whole forehead poofed out and I went and got me some dark glasses and I put those dark glasses on and we had to go on vacation the next day we were going up to Branson of all places and then we came back through and we stopped at the Bass Pro Shop in Springfield I had those sunglasses on in that Bass Pro Shop walking around <laughs> that place is kind of dark anyway and I got these dark sunglasses on and Debbie looked at me and she said take off those sunglasses you look silly I'm thinking, baby, you want to see silly, you're going to find it when I take off these sunglasses. I looked at her and I said, I am not about to take off these sunglasses. Everybody would have been expecting me to break out in a chorus of, if I were king of the forest. I thought, that ain't happening, man. I'm, I kept those sunglasses on. I felt my way through that place. And I, but, you know, the truth is, is we do the same thing, don't we? When all of a sudden we need God to help us, we put, it, we put shades over it. We don't want to look at it. We don't want anybody to see it. And all the time he's saying, if you'll just bring it to me, I'll take care of it. If you'll just trust my hands. How many of you today can say you trust his hands? His hands are hands that you can trust. When we're willing to release it to him, ask the blind man, Jesus took his hands, he spit, and he made clay, and he put it in the blind man's eyes. And he said, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. He could have yelled, man, why are you spitting on me? What are you doing this to me for? But he didn't. He trusted the hands, and he came away seeing. That's the person that couldn't hear anything. The crowd believed in him. And the crowd looked at him and brought him to him and, and said, lay your hands on him. And when Jesus put his fingers in his ears and he sighed, and when he pulled his fingers out of those ears, he could hear again. The man that couldn't walk that was let down through the roof, Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. And everybody got shook up, and all the religious folk got mad because who's he think he is to forgive sins? And he made up his mind, you know what? I think it's time that you get a firsthand experience about the awesome power in the hand of God. 
And he said, let me ask you a question. Is it easier for me to say to that man, your sins are forgiven, or to tell him to rise up, take up his bed, and walk? He said, but so you understand that I've got power here on earth to forgive sins. He looked at that man, and with one word, he said, take up your bed and walk. And that guy jumped up, and everybody in the place realized that there is a God that's got lightning in his hands, that's got awesome power in his hands. And we walk around like we're whipped and defeated and we're not trusting his hand it's time to trust him turn around look at your neighbor and say trust him oh no but we too big we the raven we're going to do it on our own we're going to fly around and do our own thing as a kid my dad was always snapping his finger for me to take his hand and I was thinking I don't need to take your hand I can make it on my own how many of you ever felt like that I, got, I, got, I need to give a disclaimer here. I was 12 years old at the time. <laughs> 12 years old, my dad going. I'm thinking, man, come on, dad. And I said, no, I'm okay. Took off. I don't need you. Walking across that sidewalk. I was in Elgin, Illinois, looking at all those. That was when there were storefronts and sparkly sidewalks. And I was looking, and all of a sudden, I, I, I was so busy looking up at everything, I forgot there was a curb coming up to that sidewalk. And I, I hit that curb with my foot. And when I did, I came down on that knee that I had busted a couple, about a month or two ago. I had just tore it up on a bicycle, man. Just, I mean, just ground it up like hamburger. And when I came down on that knee, it busted open again. And my dad had to take me into, we go into Sears and I'm pulling my pant leg up and he's trying to clean my leg up. And he said, now it had just been horrible for you have to hold my hand, wouldn't it? <laughs> How many are in the house today? We, we, we want to do our own thing. We want to do it. I, I don't need God. We like a prodigal son. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. But the truth is, we're going to fall if we don't keep our focus on him and keep our hand in his hand. But if we do, hear me. I fell. But as soon as I fell, man, there were some big hands that reached down and picked me right back up. You don't have to stay where you're at. These are hands you can trust. There's healing in those hands. Just ask Jairus. Jairus was the ruler of a synagogue, and his little daughter was sick and dying. And he went running to where Jesus was, and he fell on his knees before him and began to beg him. And he said, Lord, if you'll come and lay your hands on my daughter, she'll be well. And he looked at her, and he looked at him, and before he could say anything to him, some of his servants came running up. Jarius' servants came to him and said, your daughter's dead. There's no need to trouble the master anymore. The world wants you to give up hope. But when Jesus heard what they said to him, they responded. He responded and looked at him and he said, don't be afraid, just believe. And so he made a journey with all kinds of thoughts going through his head. My daughter's gone. It's too late. The only hope he had was he was holding on to the hands of a man that had power in him. 
When he got to that house and he walked in and everyone was weeping and crying, he said, why are you crying? This girl's not dead. She's just sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. They ridiculed him. They looked at him and said, man, I can't believe you'd say that. And he said, get out. Turn, I, I don't want you to say this to your neighbor, but say it with your neighbor. <laughs> Tell doubt to get out. Come on, say it one more time. Tell doubt to get out. Just say it this way. Doubt, get out. How many of you have ever had any doubt? What do we do? Can I share with you what we sometimes do with our doubt? We nurse it. We rehearse it. We feed it, baby, and we let it grow. You've got to stop doubt at the beginning. When it begins to try and creep in your head or your heart, you've got to take a stand and say, doubt, get out. Jesus would not allow them to fill that place with doubt. He said, get out of here. And when they got out, he went in. And when he went in and he took that girl by the hand, death had to let go of her. Do you understand there's power in his hands? And his hands are hands that you can trust. My question today is, are you ready to take him by the hand are you still going to float your own boat you still want to sail your own ship you still want to do your own thing and act like you got it all together I was in a revival and the Lord spoke to me there was a man in the back and the Lord spoke to me he said I want you to bring him up and, and tell him this I said God he won't receive it the Lord spoke to me and he said I know he won't receive it I want you to tell him anyway so when it happens he knows I said, all right, God, I brought him up and I told him, I said, and when I told him, he just looked at me, man, you know, snot-nosed look, you know, looking at me like I ain't listening to you. And, and I, I told him, I said, I want you to understand something. I said, you don't want to hear this, do you? And he looked at me and just shook his head no. I said, well, you're going to hear it because God told me to tell you. I said, if you don't get yourself straightened up within three months, you're going to lose everything you got. And he looked at me. And he just went on. Guess who called me three months later? He lost everything he had. God got his attention. I'm telling you that if you're not careful, we become like Elsa and we're reaching for everything except the one thing that we need to be reaching for. We get confused and we get mixed up and all of a sudden we're going after everything except him. Remember what he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what would happen? All these things will be added to you. So here's my question for you today. How many of you today are ready for a touch of his hand? I want, you to, I want you to hear Habakkuk one more time. Look at this one more time. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. No matter what you're facing, no matter what it is you're going through, his hands are hands you can trust. Would you stand with me? Whether it's a physical touch for your body, a financial breakthrough, a healing in your spirit 
His hands are hands you can trust. I've known folks, sometimes we hang on to things so tight. I used to work a job and I was on what they called the armor line. It's electric wire and steel was wrapped around it and I spent all day long, 12 hours a day, on a, a lot of days just breaking armor and then taking cutters and snipping it. My hands got cut up from the armor because it was sharper. I got calloused over my hands in the center. Man, sometimes my hands would just hurt because all day long I'd been cutting and breaking and gripping. Sometimes that just happens to us in our life, holding on to things, grasping them, trying to break them off and trying to cut our way through. And all the time, all we ever needed was a touch of the master's hand. Because when he touches you, it's all over. There's awesome power hidden in his hands. I remember being in a meeting and a lady came up and she was on crutches. And when the Lord touched her, she threw those crutches up over her head and started dancing around. And I was so excited to see her dancing around. It is a year before I found out everything God had done to her. I thought she just got her foot healed. <laughs> She'd had a stroke in the part, the left side of her body had been paralyzed. And the night that he healed her foot, <laughs> he healed the left side of her body and I never even knew it. <laughs> never even knew it. What are you saying? I'm saying God don't have to get our permission to work. God doesn't have to check it out with us to see if it's all right. He'll do for you what you can't do for yourself if you'll just trust him. Today is Grandparents' Day. So if you're a grandparent, wave your hand at me. You, I see one in the back going like this. Do you know what it means to be a grandparent? It's awesome. How many of you enjoy being a parent? Wave your hand if you enjoy being a parent. Wow, isn't that great? Multiply that by 25,000. <laughs> Grandparents. <sighs> it's, like, it's like when they come, when they get in your presence, they know. They know that my, my granddaughter, when we get there, all of a sudden, I'm captivated by her. Debbie becomes Tweety Bird's grandma. I become Sylvester the cat. And all day long, it's like, and she'll, and, and I, she'll go, you the cat, you the cat. 
and I, I'll, I'll try and be Tweety Bird. I'll say, I thought I thought pretty tat. She, no, no, no. I say that. You the cat. You the cat. And so I got to go suffer and suck a trash. And, 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 and she, just, she just loves and she revels in that. And she knows that whatever she needs are going to be supplied by our hands. What are you getting at? Where do you think the ability to love like that comes from? I mean, I didn't even know. I thought grandparents were just, had a screw loose for a long time, you know? I thought, you know, they, you, can't, you can't get around a grandparent that doesn't want to show you an album full of pictures. And I thought, why do they do that until I became one? And when I became one, I understood it. See, you can't grasp why God would love you the way he loves you. Because when you see yourself, you see everything that's wrong with you. And you don't understand that when he's looking at you, he's looking at you through different eyes. He's not seeing everything that's wrong with you. He's seeing everything he made you to be. And he knows he's going to bring you into it if you'll just let him. So here's my question for you today. Will you let him? If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I'm ready for a touch of his hand, I want you to come to the front right now. Right now, just real quick. Whatever that means for you, whatever, whatever that is for you, but you've got to trust his hands. And it's not that we're after his stuff. She was reaching for the chalice, and Indiana realized as soon as his father called his name that it's not stuff I need, it's relationship. Because when you get a relationship with God, you've got all of his stuff. My granddaughter knows when she comes to our house, everything we have, she has access to. There's never a question. She doesn't even come to us and say, can I go get out the toys? She knows where they're at. She goes after them. That kind of confidence. Where's your confidence level at today? In his hands, where is your confidence level? Do you trust that he will supply all your need according to his riches and glory? Do you trust that? Paul said, I'm persuaded and believe." that he's able to keep everything that I commit to him against that day. There was no doubt in his mind. He knew he would. Today, he wants to touch you. Are you ready for it? Did you stretch your hands to heaven? I need a, a, few, a couple of ushers helping me out here. Just stretch your hand to heaven with me. The first time I felt awesome power, I'm not talking about, I, I'm talking about awesome power. I'd never been around church. I didn't know God. But when he showed up, he showed himself real to me in a way I'll never forget. It was like lightning hit me. I went flying across the room. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. I'm just saying that's what happened to me. I got up out of that floor 
with an understanding that there's awesome power in his hands. And we have access to that. As you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now, this is what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to get focused on what you need him to do. I'm going to come by and I'm going to agree with you in prayer. I'm just going to touch you. I'm not going to spend a long time praying with you. I'm going to touch you. The Bible said that if two or three would agree touching any one thing, if we agree in his name that it'll be done. As you stretch your hands to heaven right now, they get ready to sing this song. Are you ready? Everybody say it. I trust him. I believe there's awesome power in his hands.